Black Velvet is proud to sponsor Creative Habits Podcast. Black Velvet is a Black-owned family business providing skincare products. Handmade, intentional, and designed to nurture the skin and body. Lather in luxury with our signature Black Velvet Shea Butter. Our base is raw shea infused with essential oils and vitamins to revive and enhance your natural skin's glow. We offer unisex options and a grooming kit to ensure quick and essential groom for daily application for any occasion or season. Try our Beard Gang Kit collection, perfect for a man on the go with notes of barbershop orange and essential oils to protect and nurture your beard growth. Visit us on Etsy at Shop Black Velvet or follow us on Instagram by Black Velvet. Peace and thank you, family, for tuning into Creative Habits Podcast. I'm your host, Philip Anthony. And I'm your co-host, Indigo. We're based in Washington, D.C. with leading discussions on topics surrounding pop culture, business, lifestyle, and art with an occasional guest appearance within the creative and entrepreneurial industry. For joining us today, it's very nice to meet you guys. Yes, evening. <laughs> Lovely to be here. So, um, we just started this podcast August last year, just interviewing different artists from uh, all different genres, and um, we wanted to pick your brains a little bit about your artistry and your craft. Mm-hmm. Sounds great. Thank you. Thank you for having us. So, um, tell us a little bit, bit about yourselves first. Okay, okay, I'll go first. Um, my name is Gladys, aka Gladys Wright, and I am a scientist, musician, <laughs> mother, <laughs> um, wife, healer. Um, yeah, that's, that's that's me for now. And my name is Imitri. Um, Due to Facebook, I'm also known as Imitri Counteraction, which is my label. And uh, yeah, everything musical has mainly been my craft throughout the years. Um, I've managed to maintain musically themed living. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, recently a father and a husband. I love that. So um, can each of you tell us a little bit about your background and how you guys met? Okay, so background, I'm from Zimbabwe and I moved to the UK when I was, I want to say eight years old. Um, Moved over here because my dad had decided to do a PhD in applied social sciences based on street children and he did that at Leicester University Um, and because I was young they brought me with them. Um, Grew up here for the last 20 years and met <laughs> Imitri um, outside of a club. Um, yeah, I guess <laughs> that's <laughs> been on and popping since then. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. my name is Dimitri. I come from a Greek family. Um, actually, I was born in France. That's where my parents <laughs> met. That's your, our daughter. 
Um, and uh, after a while, they moved around a bit. But basically, my main growing up time was in Greece. Um, music was always my passion as a young man. And throughout the years, has been sort of my solid place, my steady kind of place, if you like. Um, I, I, my schooling wasn't great, but I wasn't great academically until I started doing music stuff after school. And I ended up coming to Leicester to do university. Um, I, I suppose I stayed on, not, not as a plan, it just happened. Music here is um, a lot more cherished, I suppose, in society. Um, and I was always really into reggae music and sound systems, and it's, there's lots of that in the UK. So it's various factors contributed, and I ended up staying. Um, I'm also here over 20 years now. And uh, in one of the events, a mate of mine's girlfriend brought along a friend who happened to be Gladys. It's <laughs> uh, so very cliche, we met at a club. Yeah, very cliche. And the, the funny thing is, I was having um, dreams of meeting this white raster guy who had long blonde hair and green eyes. Hello. And then um, I met him and I was like, no way, that's the guy from my dream. And I kind of freaked out and I ran away. And then he came looking for me at some point and my friend wanted to go home with this guy. So she ended up leaving me to stay with him. And <laughs> that's how our relationship started. Yeah, I think I drove you home. Yeah, you did. <laughs> I got your number. And then we went very traditionally. We had like a first day, yeah. we went to the movies. We went to have a Nando's. Have you got Nando's in the US? We do now. <laughs> At the time, it was a, the best sort of option, I suppose. Yeah, I had my yeah. first um, veggie burger and Nando's on our day. Mm. Yeah. They do a very good veggie <laughs> <Who> knew? <laughs> it's quite funny how dreams can be a form of confirmation because that's kind of mm -hmm. how I confirmed and sealed the deal with this guy here. <laughs> I was like, exactly. oh, I just had, and I told him, and he was just like, what? <laughs> I had a dream, but you know. Yeah, so. <laughs> Yeah, it's quite funny how, you know, a, a fellow relative had a similar. So, um, who inspired you to uh, make music? Do you have any like favorite artists or family members that uh, are musically inclined or? I mean, with me, uh, my mom and dad were both crazy music heads. They didn't play any instruments or sing, but they were, um, my dad was a, was a photographer. Nice. Um, and, and, and so he knew all the sort of musicians around town and hung around in all the fancy places for a while because he did a lot of fashion and advertising photography in Athens. So there was always um, like great musicians and great parties at, at my mom's and dad's. Um, there'd be live drums, there'd be keys, there'd be guitars, there'd be singers. And it was always combined with, you know, some sort of celebration. Um, there was always vinyl in our place. I, I remember when I was a kid just going through LPs and I even had children's music um, that I would, you know, that you could follow. Um, I remember just laying on the carpet playing records and very early getting the responsibility of being able to stick the needle on and just the whole process was really a, a big part of, of the family without making it a big deal. It was sort of a, a standard, if you see what I mean. Mm. So I, I was always around it. And, and, um, and then I, I suppose um, I grew up in the 80s. I was a, a, you 
70s baby, early 80s child. So there was a lot of pop music around and, 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 and also a lot of world music in our house. So I listened to a lot of Bob Marley, Black Uhuru from very early days. Um, and Sly and Robbie in general, the, the Grace Jones album, Nightclubbing, mm. that is still one of the top choices. And I think a lot of that type of music, Talking Heads, um, I don't know, various bands from the 80s really kind of influenced me a lot. Um, and then I started with schoolmates and stuff, and mostly it was more punky and rock, because that's what... Um, in the 80s, it was very much about which tribe you are at. And I think it's a little less these days, but... In school in the 80s, you had to be either this or that or that. There was like groups that you identified with, you know? Mm. I was more of a hippie, I think, but I hung out with the punks. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Gladys? Um, I think influences-wise, I would say in our house growing up, there was a lot of Hugh Masekela, mm. there was a lot of Miriam Makeba, um, and then later on, growing up, I discovered Felakuti, um, all sorts of different things. Uh, Grace Jones, I listened to um, that album that Sly Robin did with her. Maybe for a whole year, over and over and over and over again. So I think heavy Grace Jones influences in my music. And I don't know, just everything. I, I like a little bit of everything music-wise and listening to the radio, I can probably sing you a song from Humming, um, like a jukebox. Like, mm. I do this to him all the time. We have that constantly. <laughs> I don't know about you guys, like a, a melody, especially now with our daughter, where we have to sing to her a lot. Mm. Like a little melody will pop in your head and you're like, what is that from? <laughs> but most of the time I know what the song is. So I that know. comes from a lot of radio listening when my parents were working and I'd be left at home on my own for a couple of hours. And there was not much else to do other than listen to music and discover new things in this new country that I found myself in. So yes, stereophonics, Coldplay, a lot of things like that. So yeah. A, a, a wide range of influences in in my music, for sure. Stereophonics. Stereophonics. <laughs> <laughs> so how would you guys um, typically describe the type of music that you create? I know the genre is uh, reggae, but, you know, what are some other influences in your music? Or how would you describe your music? I sort of, I've, like I was describing earlier, I've gone through a few different phases, but I ended mm -hmm. up settling and have made a bit of a career on what we call UK dub, okay. which is a slightly more heavy version. Um, Guess Who's Coming to Dinner is a good example. It's what we call a stepper. So it's like a four to the floor, heavier version. Mm. Um, I, I think for many people, reggae music is like a second kind of favorite type of music. And it's the kind of music you can sit back and play something or have a tea or chill, you know, but um, what's really amazing is, is when you experience it on a proper sound system. And, and, and I mean, proper in the sense that a lot of the reggae sound systems are hand built and specifically made to cater for that music. So mm. you have a lot of bass and a lot of very rich high frequency. And once you hear it like that, it sort of completely changes your musical world. And I think most people like me who make music for sound system will tell a story where one day we had an experience where tunes that you know blow your mind because you hear them completely differently. 
So that happened to me, and I've been stuck with, with reggae and dub for a bunch of years. With Gladys, because Gladys has been part of the counteraction thing for over a decade and has been doing backing vocals. And obviously, we are together, so we are experiencing a lot of the gigs together, a lot of the different events we promoted together. If I promoted Gladys was the Gates man, um, Gates woman. And generally, there, were, there was a lot of... of you know, bleeding into each other's realities, if you like. Mm. But um, she's always listened to a quite varied amount of music. So we've made an album and we've been working on Gladys' music by simply by her going, oh, I'm walking into the studio whenever she likes something. Oh, I like that rhythm. Let's keep it. And in the studio, the stuff I make to release and stuff is mainly, like I said, traditional UK dub and roots, which is actually quite purist. But to kind of break that vibe if you're in the studio for long hours, you make various bits to match around. So I, I think the album is a combination of, let's say, a bit more experimental electronic music. Mm. There's a bit of hip hop. There's a, lot a of bit trap of influence. Yeah. In, the, in, the, in the sense of, yeah, how the rhythm works and the sounds. We have a lot of 808. So I suppose you could call it 808 bass music, I suppose. <laughs> Yeah. The genre doesn't exist yet, basically. Yeah. The genre for what we make does not quite exist yet. We're kind it's of straddling that. a couple of what I love, yeah, oh, sorry. sorry. Uh, what I love about reggae is that um, hip-hop gains its roots from a lot of reggae and, and cut music cut and music. Uh, James Brown, for example, like it takes a lot of those different elements and created like a, a brand new baby. You know what I mean? Like we could still hear um, reggae and hip hop today, you know? 100%, even, even the lyrical context and especially the mic delivery, I think mm -hmm. it doesn't get, obviously people like Cool Herc and whatever, they, they're known as Jamaicans, but I think Jamaica doesn't get enough credit for the influence it had on the New York scene. And I think especially when it comes to Mike Man, mm -hmm. um, which I'm also quite fascinated about, you know, the, the DJ of Jamaica, which is the MC of, of the more modern world. Mm -hmm. I think there's a lot to be said about that. And I think for me, it's always been a really kind of, because I, I can sing, but I haven't had traditional singing um, lessons or background at all. So I'm, I'm very much a self-taught singer. And I've always been really fascinated with the DJing aspect of things. So to combine the two, like Jamaicans have done, I think that's also a huge influence. And then you have people like Lee Perry and King Tubby and people like that who invented what we call dub now, which of course have influenced pretty much every electronic genre, really, you know, from techno to, I don't know, every kind of club music in the way that you mix and, and you know, create with the music. And yeah, we, we are very much about that. We are very much about live mixing and using old technology with the new to kind of get that kind of sound with the budget constraints. Because let me add, I've always been a starving musician, <laughs> and, which I think in, in hindsight is actually the best thing that could ever happen to me. Because um, I feel like when you are very successful very quickly, it, it's incredibly difficult to keep it together in any way, you know? Um, so little bits slowly, but enough to kind of pay the bills um, and just fully concentrated on music has been sort of what we've managed to do over the past 15 years or um, But we both quick... have had different jobs as well. So sorry to take us off subject. No <laughs> just a quick side note. I can uh, understand what you mean about 
being like a starving starving musician because what makes music music pure to me is relating to the people. And once you reach a certain level, let's say for example, like a Kanye West, where like you start off hungry and your music is amazing at first, but once you reach a certain like tax bracket, that's when you lose the relation to the people. And we can't like, you know, it's like a, the the mind the, the mind state is totally different from me. I think you know what's really fascinating. Yeah, I, I was gonna say um, it's interesting that the the hunger fuels the the lyrical content that then aids you to be closer to the people because you're feeling mm -hmm. it. And then the higher quotations you are sent to this tax bracket, you then lose all of that because you're not there in the in the trenches, basically. Mm -hmm. you, you know, you're not feeling it. I think that's it's it's one of the most fascinating things about music. Being now a, an older guy and who's been around for a minute, I kind of you become milder and you kind of get a certain sense of the complexities of everything. In mm. my twenties, I was all about who's selling out and who isn't and who is the real deal and who is. Did, did, did. And the older I get, those lines get blurred and more and more and. And it's a really interesting conversation, which I don't think necessarily do, do we discuss that in the same terms about a jeweler, maybe, or a painter, or it's just music that we've got this fascination with, you know, is he doing it for the love or is he selling out or did it, did it, did it, and and a part of that is like I see it in myself because people have told that to me as well about stuff that I did in my early days and 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 I get it. there is a certain edge that you have when you're young, where you don't care about anything else and you think you know everything and, you know, mm -hmm. there's a certain energy and the older you get, you lose that. So I think that's part of it. I also think from the producer's perspective, you, from the beginning, imagine a sound world that often is not possible at all with your means whether that's, you know, just the student that you're able to hire, the knowledge you have of all the process that you need to get to the point of releasing a record. There's a lot that you need to learn, you know, and a lot that you need to factor in when you're making music. And all of that you're completely ignorant to when you're starting off, but you're imagining something, right? The, the, the longer you survive, and arguably the more successful you are, the more you can invest in getting that sound exactly. right yeah. now the people who fall in love with your sound fall in love with that sound but you are trying to get to that sound and when you get to that sound people go oh man you, get, you don't yeah. sound like you used to you know and i, I found that it's happened to me like with the, the stuff that i love the most may have not necessarily been the stuff that people picked up on or played or played the most and Yet I'm also just as guilty of doing that. Like I have certain artists that I got disinterested in because I decided they, you know, they've sold out, you know. It's a really, really interesting conversation <laughs> that like, what is it that, you know, what is it all about? I think it's because of music, really. Music has a way to be a much more direct art than any kind of other art. Um, it's 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 inevitable. Like for a painting, you have to have a certain set of rules to sit in front of, and sort of really take in. Aside from the innocent, oh, that's a nice set of colors, or do you know what I mean? But with music, like if you hear music, it, it comes, it gets into you, whether you want to or not, mm -hmm. um, and it affects you very deeply. It affects all of us, 
Um, and some of us are more conscious of it than others. And I think that's probably the, also the reason why I chose or music chose me or the reason why I'm still in music, because it's, um, it's a really kind of vague, powerful, real kind of immediate thing that we have as art, much more so than any other art. Don't you think? I don't know. Like photography might be a good close one as well, but they're generally, there's something about it that's really like, I think with growth comes wisdom, right? Like we're not the same people we were 10 years ago, 15 years ago, whatever. And growth is good, but when you grow too tall that you don't see your roots anymore, that's when it gets kind of like funny to me personally. Yeah, that makes sense. It's an interesting argument, I think, because like, like you said, you're trying to reach something and then the more you try and reach it, the more people are saying that you're, you're not, you're getting away from the center. But how does one maintain the roots whilst also living in a world that brings you to that level? Exactly. I guess. Are you supposed to stay a, 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 like in a cave and be a monk, but whilst <laughs> then, you know what I mean? Like, it, it's a really complicated one. I, I think maybe we're, we're judging the, the system that can't be anything else. We, we want two separate things from, from something, if that makes sense. We want something that we can't get out of this particular system. Mm. Yeah, the, it's also like, as it's part of our lives, music especially, it's, we feel like, it's like watching somebody on TV and all of us are like judging that person, like we know <laughs> yeah, them. We're invested. It's, it's, yeah, it's sort of the same thing with music. It's sort of, we all feel it's, it's our thing. Now, I was thinking about that, about painters and stuff. Like, say, a great example is Picasso. I'm always waiting for um, I had a friend who was a jeweler for a long time, and I always thought, it's amazing how a jeweler can price their work process. Like, mm -hmm. they'll be, you know, I spent so many hours doing that, that cost this much. Then I did that, that cost this much. Materials were this much. And you can get, like, an up-to-date. With, with music, it's, it's a very difficult thing to do that. And, you know like the years of experience don't count your student doesn't count so like a good example as i was about to say is picasso picasso who is one of the most famous painters copied and tried a million different styles right that was his whole thing he would scoop into a scene suss it then move to another scene suss mm -hmm. that and so so how many people were around when picasso was doing that who influenced Picasso to do those different things? There's hundreds it's of like people. That guy. <laughs> and those people we can't name, like any lay person would, you know. And, and so in history, Picasso is the guy for do 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 do. But where did Picasso get that vibe? You know what I mean? Like he was part of a scene of other painters and follow. It's the same with music in a way, you know. There's so many different factors to what makes a successful musician and it's not always how amazing original or whatever the music itself is you know and and so what is commercial is basically the question yeah. we're asking really you know that's a really difficult one but if you are commercial you're right that it's very easy to lose track of everything because you have so much power you have money how do you stay creative when you're successful i bet I, you know i bet that's a whole other 
Yeah, can you be roots and commercial at the same time? Yeah. <laughs> um, we were listening to the, what's his name the other day, the brand new album and, and um, Jekyll? Yeah, Jekyll. And he was saying comfort is the worst. And it's, it's that's when you basically, you, you lose it all. Like when you're comfortable, that's basically when you can't. And I think that's that's totally bang on. Um, comfortable is not good when it comes to art. Yeah. <laughs> you're really comfortable. That's when you, you, you probably don't even feel the need to make that much art. At your, Absolutely. Definitely. Yeah. Um, so yeah. what's 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 your creative process like? Like how do you create? Do you have to be in a certain mood? Do uh, in at okay, atmosphere? Okay, first. I think personally it's I'm constantly creating. Like there's no stop, there's no start. I songwrite when I'm having a pee songwriting when you're cooking, like everything just happens as a matter of an everyday process. And I think sometimes I can maybe work on having a set time to <laughs> having a set time to to um to hone my craft rather than I, I'm doing this anyway. So but I in answer to your question, I don't have a process. The process is being. Mm. Does that makes sense. <laughs> so both of both of your music is very intentional, and I know both of you introduced yourselves as healers. Um, why counteraction? Well, counteraction is is a is a very sound one kind of term. Basically, I've always loved versions, aka that's another Jamaican invention, whereby you will have. On a sound dance, on a dance, you will play the vocal version of a track, and then you'll play the instrumental without the vocal, and eventually the dub cuts. So, different ways of remixing the track whilst you're mixing it, and that became a fascination, and it's still all about that on sound system. So, how many versions have you got of the particular rhythm? Um, is a is a fascination. So, once you play your first version, your vocal, the second version that you play is the counteraction one and counteraction two and counteraction three and so on mm -hmm. so i've always loved that um and yeah i think it's just the love of version the love of dub is what influenced it mm -hmm. um which is going back to how what's our creative process writing is always like on in terms of lyrics that's exactly what, what gladys says and we both have notes on our phone and like we'll see something on TV that will trigger something or we'll hear something somebody says or sometimes just before falling asleep it happens to me a lot where I'll have a full chorus or a full verse that sounds interesting and I'll write it or make a voice note but when it comes to like mixing and writing the rhythms you have to have a bit more of a system um, and in the earlier days it was all about being in the mood and so on but I've, I've realized that in terms of craft you kind of just need to have a discipline and you need to be in the studio for a certain amount mm -hmm. come rain or shine even if you feel like you don't have the good mood for it because there's always stuff to do like from tidying up to you know organizing new bits to finding old bits to so 
I think it's a mix of both. And that's what I love about dub, which is it's just a structured chaos. So you have a mixing desk, you have a set of, of hardware, um, and that's different effects, different processes, and you combine them in a certain way. You have a set set of tracks that you can record depending on your budget, your computer, your tape machine, whatever it is. And so you set those parameters and then you record yourself trying stuff out and a few of those work well and you keep them. I, I feel like that's generally our approach to, mm. to music. It's a sort of happy-go-lucky, sometimes hit on something, sometimes more intentional. Um, and yeah, the, the more, um, and it's also very much influenced with your environment, like you were asking. I think definitely the writing-wise, 100%, I feel like they, you, as a writer, you, you probably freak out the first time you can't write. But I think it's part, it's part of the natural process. You don't always have stuff to write. Mm. Um, and, and there's periods of time where you're a lot more, there's a lot more coming out than other times. Um, so I think a lot of writers will probably be doing something else alongside um, so that you can have a, an output, an outlet at all times. And sometimes it's more, you know, practical and other times it's a bit more creative. Um, Gladys. Yes. Tell us a little bit about Running Around. Um, I know that you just had a video that released for that song. Yes. Uh, running Around. Oh, it's quite funny. <laughs> I, you like that one. <laughs> I was humming <laughs> this um, melody for running around for two years and I have no idea where it came from but it was constantly in my head I, and then I filled in the gaps and I thought to myself actually hang on a minute running around life is basically we are always constantly running around and sometimes it's like a basketball game where you're constantly throwing shots you're hoping one will stick. But the question is, are you doing this purposefully or not? And that was my influence to then go on to write Running Around. And um, I think it's the first song that I recorded. And I think we did it in a couple of takes. And what I recorded was what stuck. And that's what we ended up releasing. It's the first thing I released, and I released it on seven-inch vinyl, which is completely mind-blowing because I'm having really the first thing I do is vinyl. What? Madness. Anyway, <laughs> um, but yeah, song life, life, comparing life to a game of basketball, and being more purposeful about what you do, and um, I think actually more of the influence was on um, looking at the lives of my siblings in Zimbabwe, their lives relying on my parents who are here in England and just spending money to say no money to in the next thing that mom
yes. So it was about be being tenful with what you're doing. Think about things. Like don't just keep throwing shots and hope they <laughs> they land. Maybe sometimes they won't, and you lose. Then what? Mm. Definitely understand. Um, dead or alive, no matter what genre, who would you like to collaborate with, and why? Oh my god. Um. so many okay i think i think leave scratch perry plus can i have more than one absolutely <laughs> plus fella plus grace jones those three that would be a sick show actually yeah right <laughs> can i also say the same yes, thing? <laughs> yeah so that that's it no more um, this is... <laughs> Bob Marley as well, I suppose. Mm. Bob this, is... Been an experience. this is a similar question, but different. If you can open for uh, open a show for any artist, who would that be? Him. <laughs> I, honestly, I think if I was to open for anybody, it would be him. It's it's the natural answer for me to have because I guess my music would flow into his music. So then, mm. yeah, it, it would make sense. And Mitri? Yeah, that was that's a good, great question. I think one of the Marley sons would be cool. <laughs> I, I have a lot of love for Stephen Marley. Stephen Marley is amazing. Um, I've opened for Julian actually, but um, oh really? He would be amazing for my and, and Perry. Uh huh. Um, if you're around in the scene for a certain amount of time, you inevitably <laughs> you never sure. be open for someone. Yeah. You never <laughs> be open. Um, fella would have been an amazing experience. Yeah. Just whatever, just not even like to collab, but just to be able to visit fella. And be, in the shrine in his own little <laughs> empire you know his own little country that would have been amazing and and yeah that would have been a serious blessing so what is the most useless talent you have <laughs> that's a really good question talent um i have a very mean two-step like any party or function i whip out that two-step and it's over <laughs> i knew it was coming no that's 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 this is that's to say the least useful i would argue exactly you need a two-step so stemming slightly away from music i wanted to talk a little bit about mukoma can you share a little bit about what that is yeah, so 
Mukoma is the umbrella brand, shall I say, for my healing, writing about healing, my um, beauty, natural stuff that I make, for example, the whipped shear butters that I do. So I do multi-purpose butters. Um, a lot of the people that buy from me have psoriasis and eczema and um, skin conditions that they've struggled with for years. Um, and I thought to myself, why not have one thing where everything that I do comes under one umbrella, but everything that I do in terms of healing, so in terms of ingesting stuff, so I also sell teas, I sell sea moss, all the, all the good stuff really, and it's stuff that we um, have in our house, yeah. so the baby eats it, my husband eats it, I eat it. I also use it on my skin, use it on the baby skin. So it's things that I've, I've shared with my family and friends that I then got a demand for. People started asking me to buy it for me. So I mm. thought, oh, let me start selling these. And I'm still selling them. And yeah, it's going well. And I have a little blog as well that I write about um, generally healing, but um, it's a form of self-healing and also helping other people to, you know, realize that they're not the only ones that have gone through things and we can move past things and you can actually become a really successful person within your own right. Um, so yeah, that's basically what Mukoma is. It's a, I don't know how to describe it. I guess a wellness, it's a, it's a wellness brand. That is what Mukoma is. Holistic. <laughs> Holistic, yes, exactly. Holistic, Holistic wellness. wellness. <laughs> yes. <laughs> balance. We're trying to get balance in our own homes, in our own diets, in exactly. our own, you know, mental and, and physical health and and it's a it's a constant discovery. It's also fascinatingly a place where there's a million points of views always converging because we're all the same but we're also quite different. So mm. It's been a really nice discovery also um, as a family because we're, we're always there with Gladys throughout the process and we're the guinea pigs, which can only be a good thing. Um, and yeah, it's been a really, really lovely process from the family perspective. Thanks. So um, due to the recent pandemic, the whole world just paused for a whole year and some change, right? How did that affect your creativity or um, did you miss going out to perform and doing shows? Like, how did that affect you uh, both? Uh, um, we've had a, a, an amazing two years. It's been an incredible two years. And at the same point with um, the various lockdowns, um, my father passed away um, mm. with cancer. Sorry. And our daughter, thank you. Our daughter was born um, and we were also stuck away from England because um, I went to help my dad and we got caught by that. So so the main thing is we've been away from the lab, away from our equipment and, and the ways of making music. Uh, but we've also gone through a lot of lessons and a lot of very kind of deep experiences as, as human beings. Um, mm. So it's been a sort of lull in a sense of creativity. We've done a lot of organizing and releasing stuff, uh, but not so much making it um, at the moment. Um, 
we also moved house um, in a house where we were in for a decade and studio. So we are now in a new place and we have means of doing it, but it's still on a basic form. And we're undergoing all kinds of renewal. And I'm learning how to redo my whole mixing desk and, and replace parts and, and kind of customize it. Um, so in a way, we kind of see it as, I mean, Gladys actually was officially on a maternity leave. Mm. I'm sort of on a more unofficial paternity leave because I'm self-employed. Uh, and most of my work, is <laughs> the, the, my, my day job is, is youth work. And so with the pandemic, there hasn't been any of that. Um, so we see it as a, you know, a perfect time to kind of raise our daughter, be with her all the time, which is a blessing that a lot of people don't have. And in normal circumstances, we would have had a lot less of. Um, and yeah, we're kind of bursting with ideas and, and things. But we're also, after having moved house, planning to move countries um, and sort of rejig our lifestyle entirely uh, on a more sort of country living standard. And we've always been in the city. Mm -hmm. And so basically, it's a massive change of so many different things all at once. Uh, we're still making it, um, but to be honest, we're still kind of finding our balance with with managing time and the baby and, and, and finding time to kind of just be in the studio rather than to have a specific week, let's do that bit. Um, I've got a radio show weekly here on FM, um, and that's kind of kept an anchor on things. And yeah, not having shows is an interesting one because... I would say I'm quite antisocial over the years of doing many shows. You just want to be at home when you're not doing a show. So life didn't change as much other than the fact that we didn't really have to go anywhere on weekends. Mm. I can't say I hated that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, um, financially, you, 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 you probably could worry yourself to death. But I think also another lesson throughout the last two years and with my dad is, Worrying about such things is literally zero benefit. Yeah. Mm. And in fact, it's really bad. I have a feeling that worrying, and this is like my own non-medical opinion, has a lot to do with cancer. Like mm. that, that sort of shrunk stomach feeling that we get, I, sw I swear is killing us basically. And, and I'm trying to not indulge it anymore, you know? Um, so yeah. Slow. It's been slow, but it's like I was saying earlier, you, you have that and it's absorbing new experiences, becoming parents. You have so much new. Everything's new, isn't it? The way you see the world, because everything involves your child now and, and you're doing a lot. Yeah, exactly. Well. So I haven't got much more to add on that point, but that, that is exactly it. We have the double whammy of being pregnant during a pandemic and I loved every single bit of it. That it meant I had to go to less midwife appointments. It meant that I was locked down on an island for four months. For me, it was the most magical time that I could have had. It meant that I didn't see people that I didn't want to see because we're in a pandemic. So I have that excuse. Um, and it was a great time for me to absorb the work that I had done because my album hadn't been released yet, but I had it so I could listen to it whilst we were locked down in Greece. Um, <laughs> excuse me. I'm in the middle of any eh? We have exclusivity right here. <laughs> We're going over our limits. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it was great. It was a good downtime and time for me to be able to absorb the fact that I was having a child. 
and yeah we ended up having you know, in the flat that we just moved out of in the bathtub on our own wow and half because of the pandemic and half because i really did not want to have anybody <laughs> there at all um but yeah it, it worked out for the best for us um um so yeah the pandemic has been great downtime and people keep saying this whole getting back to a new normal and i can't wait to go back to there's no going back to anything this is a whole new life we have to relearn how to live in in this mm -hmm. like, there's no other thing that's gone now and i guess also in the same light we also have to learn how to do shows how we're going to do live shows again um but i'm happy to have the time to be able to play as a new artist as well the time to be able to work on stuff so that when they are shows i'm like yeah i'm here i'm ready to perform give me a mic so yeah so we don't want to keep you too much longer we have a few questions what would you be doing right now if it wasn't for your music career or your holistic wellness journey? I would probably be working in my own lab somewhere, mm. researching some sort of new drug design, but based on plants. So I guess I'd be doing the same thing. Same thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think also I would probably be musically related one way or the other i have never honestly i worked at a supermarket and i did a couple of packing jobs um but officially i've always found ways around i think that is kind of like the definition of making it <laughs> mm. finding ways to keep it around your craft or your art and and i think all of that process is actually a great lesson like you learn so much that's quite funny you say that um, because even when I'm not being a full-time artist, which is you know my ultimate dream and goal, I have moments when I have that. But when I don't, I have to be doing something that's relative to you know my field because I feel I'll that's the way through. Mm -hmm. I feel that I think like a lot of of the last few generations were raised with this standard of arts and music that. Like I was an MTV generation, and I think a part of my subconscious is very much, you know, wanting to be the Guns and Roses or I don't know, the, <laughs> whatever I thought that was for a good part of my life. And I think in reality, the standards have changed and so much over the last, I don't know, 15, 20 years. Everything's so different in, in my field, but in general, everywhere. I think the only and the most organic and natural way to deal with it is to just keep it relevant because there's seasons for things and there's you know periods of time where you could be doing one thing and then, and then a period of time where you could be another but if you keep it relative to your, your artistry it will always be a um, interesting and a benefit and there are ways of doing it now that's here and over the last whatever two decades now that we're about to move to the countryside, in a year from now, we could be mainly growing tomatoes for a while. Like we will find, we'll, you know, we'll have to do a follow up and see how it, exactly. how it all works. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Um, next question. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> you want to play the game? 
Yeah, let's play a game. Um, this is a game called True, uh, This or That. You only choose one, and the whole world depends on these answers. You guys willing to play? Sure. I, I didn't get it. <laughs> Just choose. Is it this or that? You pick one. Okay. But yeah. Okay. Pick one. Pick one. Pick one. Okay. Um, I'm not sure if you guys like animals, but puppies or kittens, and why? Energetic or electric? Oh, kind of the same thing. That's what I thought. And why? <laughs> <laughs> I'd say electric because even though you get less of it, it's more intense. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yep, I'm jumping on the back of that. <laughs> Sponsor or donate? Oh, <laughs> I say sponsor because that to me feels like I'm uplifting somebody more than being like the, the charity benefactor. I need to save you. <laughs> yeah, I'm with that. Ella Kuti or Bob Marley? Ella, all day. All day. No oh. <laughs> That's like Tupac uh, or Biggie okay. Smalls. Like, you can't choose. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, I think very easily. I, I, owe, I owe my spiritual liberty to Miley, though. So I suppose I'd have to go with Miley because Miley introduced me to Rasta. Fela Kuti. It's musically, it's impossible to pick. But overall, in my life, I'd say Miley. Gladys, I got one for you. Yeah. Um, Miriam McCabe or mm, Miriam McCabe. <laughs> Or Grace Jones. Miriam. I'm not yeah. even gonna think about that. Miriam Miriam. <laughs> or Brenda Fossey. Miriam. All right. <laughs> I yeah. won't ask anymore. <laughs> the, the soundtrack I've heard is producing right now though. Um last one. Soft mattress or firm mattress? <laughs> I went for about two decades of hard mattress school and then switched and we're now on an extremely soft oh, memory foam. Yeah. Mm. But it's kind of firm though. The memory foam is yeah. kind of like the 
Definitely no spring, let's put it like that. <laughs> we changed your game to this or that plus the other thing. Uh, <laughs> plus. <laughs> Into it. So pick one, but add one. <laughs> oh my gosh, you are so beautiful. He is so beautiful. Look at her. <laughs> well, thank you both so much for joining uh, us on this podcast. I was, um, my nerves were short because this is one of the first things that I've done since having a baby. But um, yeah, you, you guys were, you're great. Thank you, thank it's you. It's an honor and we love what you're doing. And, exactly. And we love your work. And I don't know, it's really nice to feel that other people are on similar quests. Yeah around the world it sort of mm. feels in your most cynical moments you feel better you know yeah definitely so before we conclude completely please share all of your things instagram facebook whatever what do you have okay so my um i'm mainly on instagram it's um at gladys right official um for Mukoma, it's Mukoma Wako, which means your sister or your older brother. Um, for Facebook, at Gladys Wright. Um, and that's it. That's all the platforms I'm on. Yeah. Uh, website is Counteraction Sounds with a Z. And on uh, Instagram, it's I underscore M-I-T-R-I, I-M-I-T-R-I. It's the same on all the other platforms. Uh, and yeah, man. Thank you for having us. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank Thank you. you. There's a lot of really good questions that we could talk to about for hours. Uh, yeah, I'm sure. That, that we'll see for when we come visit you in the countryside. I was about to say, uh, I could see the relation because Junior has the same shape, head, and face mm -hmm. <laughs> as your daughter. Exactly. Wakatama. <laughs> All right. Love you guys. Take care. Right, thank you. <laughs> Take care. What's up, beautiful people? Thank you for listening. Here is your quote of the day. Love has no errors. For all errors are the want for love. William Law. Don't forget to like, share, subscribe, comment, and have a good one. Peace.